Hey, folks. Welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, we have, uh, I thought we were going to have a guest today who was actually younger than Tad Davis, our producer. And, uh, but I think we missed it by a couple of years. But we are trying to make this show a little bit more, uh, what's the right word, Carlos? Uh, hip? Hep? Listen to us. We are, good? How about good? Interesting? Good? You'll set it for good? Okay. All right. Well, look, we got uh, we got a couple of folks today, but uh, including Chris Castellani, who is a content creator for Barstool. Bar, excuse me, Barstool Sports. See there, I messed it up, Chris. Sorry, but that's all right. I, know, I don't think I, I messed it up I so much that we need to fix that and <laughs> fix that post. And then later we're going to be joined by Lindsey Green, our food uh, food writer for the Free Press, talking about a couple of uh, new spots, or maybe not new spots, but spots she loves in the Detroit food scene. But uh, Carlos, let's get let's get to Chris because Chris. Um, Chris had a, a, I don't want to say an idea, but Chris had a, a great tweet and then video recently about what would happen if Michigan and Michigan State played each other in the Final Four. <laughs> and would this area just, you know, would, would, the, would the earth stop, stop spinning? Would it, what, what would happen, right? It, would it implode? It would be, uh, I don't think we could handle it. And so we wanted to get Chris's thoughts on that. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Tigers. But first, Chris, uh, was it the Duke-Carolina game and just uh, watching the pain of the Duke fans and Carolina ended Krzyzewski's career and then you imagining that with the Wolverines and the Spartans? Yeah, that's that's exactly where it started. I mean, the, the build-up to it obviously was insane. And then, yes, yeah, seeing uh, the way it went down, and obviously there was an added layer to it, the fact that it was his last year and the fact that, I mean, how long he'd be, had he been around there? 40 years. And at no point, I don't think they'd even ever played in the tournament, let alone um, – in the final four. So yeah, it, it really got me thinking and it got me thinking because it's not like it hasn't been close in the past. I brought up on my show the you know, earlier this week that, you know, we had 2014, which was the best opportunity, but you know, we had years where both teams were in the sweet 16. We had years where one team was in the final four, the other team was in the sweet 16. So, uh, you know, they've come close in the past and obviously, you know, growing up um, in Lansing, just thinking about the way the response uh, and the way people would react, uh, j- not even to the game itself, but just to the buildup of the game. Um, it would be, I would say it would be similar to the hype for th- the most recent football game between the two, but exponentially greater because of the stakes, obviously. So, yeah, it definitely got me thinking. Well, real quickly, Carlos, if I may, uh, Chris, obviously you, you you weren't the only one. I saw folks all over social media after that game, after the Duke Carolina game, saying that frankly they, yeah, they wouldn't want it either. And I remember that year in 2014, our sports editor at the time told me, because you're right, they both both teams made it what to the regional final, I think. Yeah. Uh, State lost to Connecticut and blew a blew a second half lead, if I remember. And Michigan lost a heartbreaker in the last minute. Yeah. Maybe one of the Harrison brothers, but I remember our editor saying, as much as he wanted it, because it's good for business, right? It's good. For, oh yeah. It's good for eyeballs. We weren't doing subscriptions then, but my God, could you imagine the subscriptions now, Carl's? Right. So it's great for business, but uh, on the other hand, the editor is like, "Oh my God, I don't know if I could survive that a, a week of that." And then the jockeying and the and and just the what one fan base would be able to lord over the other fan base for as long as you lived, right? That that's really what's at stake. And that's what that's why I send my video is that there's certain moments in a rivalry that are those checkpoint moments where regardless of what happens the next four or five years, you always have, you, you always have the, the, the Trump card that you could pull out. I mean, the example that I used for Michigan, Michigan state is like, you know, regardless, you know, look, Michigan won the big 10 championship in football last year. But when you think of this rivalry, trouble with the snap comes to mind right away. I mean, look, look at how many 
championships Alabama's won in football since Saban got there. And yet when you think of that rivalry, what's the first one that comes to mind? It's an Auburn moment. It's the kick six. You know, the, the Auburn fans will always have that moment over, over Alabama until the end of time. A win in the final four, whether it came from Michigan or Michigan State, would be one of those instances where it's like, we got you. We could always go back to that, the way that North Carolina will always have that moment. And North Carolina forever will be able to say we ended Coach K's career. I mean, it has to be. The I I think I don't think I said this in the video I posted. But I said it on the show. The only recent, and it's not even really that recent anymore, example of a rivalry moment that I could think of that compares to that was the Red Sox coming back from 3-0 against the Yankees in the 4 ALCS, where it's like, regardless of the past, regardless of what you've done to us, this is a historical moment in which we ended your season and ended an incredible run of success. Well, I'm really disappointed, Chris, because you're not obviously a Dodgers fan who ended the the San Francisco Giants' season in the playoffs last year in San Francisco. So that was as sweet as it got for Dodger fans. But 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 here's the thing, right? This is this is what I was thinking was basketball and for football or for basketball, as much as Sean is like, you know, the biggest basketball head you'll find in, in the world, right? Um but it would be like, uh, I don't even know who it was. Was it Saban who was the coach at Michigan State at the time or John L. Smith? If they ended Bo Schembechler's yeah. career, you know, like sending them out like that. And I wonder, you guys both are on Twitter a lot more and you probably have the pulse of the fan better than I do. But um, what do you think about North Carolina fans? You know, they lose in the championship, right, to Kansas. But would they trade winning a championship but not ending coach K's career or would they rather have ended coach K's career? Cause like you said, that's, that's a seminal defining. I mean, I'd rather as a, as an angry man myself, I'd rather end an iconic coach's career from our, my arch rival than win a title when I've already won multiple titles. That's a good question. I think this year they would have rather ended his career. I think because it was not a team with the highest of expectations. You know, they, they were until the last few weeks kind of on the bubble there. And then they, they got in as an eight seed. Um, undervalued. I mean, they had some really good players, but I think if it was, too- well, you, you had to get, you had to get nine big 10 teams in. That was the problem. That's why they were so far down, right? The, the big 10 is so it's such a power conference, <laughs> right? Yes. That, that's the first step. Right. Uh, and then what, how many one got to the second weekend and then, or two technically, and then one of them lost to a 15 seed. But uh, I, I, I think if it was 2009, North Carolina, where that team had a championship or bust mentality to it, it might be a little bit different. But for this team, an eight seed going up against a two seeded Duke team, I think right now, as much as that loss to Kansas hurt, I bet they'll admit five years from now, it, we're, we are we are content knowing we 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 ended we ended our rival coach's career. Yeah. Carlos, are, are you as impressed as I am? He's sitting here referencing the Tar Heels from two thousand nine. How old were you in two thousand nine, Chris? I mean, this is like history. This is like history for you and your study. And- I was, uh, I was, I was thirteen. So it's technically, <laughs> it's technically half my life ago. But I was, uh, I remember, I remember, I remember it quite well. <laughs> but the fact that you can just pull that up, that's that's impressive. Let me ask you this because I, I think about this sometimes. In fact, Kirkland Crawford, our our uh, our sports editor here at the Free Press, and I were talking about this the other day about the Michigan Michigan State rivalry. Nationally, it's obviously not in basketball. It's not Duke North Carolina. It's not. Auburn, Alabama, and football. It's not even Michigan, Ohio State in football. But I would I would posit that be, what makes this rivalry different, at least the folks around here, aside from the fact that everybody has to live with each other, often in the right. same house, right? And you know, or you have one one sibling go to one school and the other to the other school. That happens all the time. And it's not that there aren't other rivalries where folks are in, in that sort of close proximity. But to me, what makes it different is 
the fact that it's football and basketball. So there's no relief. So you have basketball and then, you know, okay, so the summer's off and then you're in football, but you go to, you start with in September and the rivalry lasts all the way into April. Yeah. Really, yeah. right? So the, the trash talking and the poking and the and the getting on each other is is nine months, eight months long. It's uh and, and to me that's I can't think of another rivalry where they hate each other so much in two sports like that. Big, big, big sports. That's a really good point. And I do I also think that in my lifetime that's intensified substantially. Because there was a period of time where like obviously the rivalry was always the rivalry, but you no, know, there was a period of time where Michigan State was not nearly as competitive in football. Obviously that changes with the D'Antonio era. And then, you know, I would say for the first half of the Izzo era, you know, maybe with the first few years being an exception, uh, Michigan basketball wasn't anything to write home about. It seems like really since the two thousands, probably since, you know, uh, since D'Antonio and then obviously beeline, uh, well, probably like a few weeks later, I think, or, or no, no, it was, uh, the next year, uh, stepped on campus. You know, it seemed like all of a sudden, um, the stars aligned regarding the intensity of both the football and basketball rivalries. And it really hasn't let up over the last uh, 15 years for sure. Yeah, Carlos, you probably never sensed anything like that in California, right? You don't really care about college sports in California. That's why you mentioned the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. The football, the, you know, basketball and, and football at USC and UCLA, it's, it's nothing shine. It's just a nice little get together <laughs> once in a while. It's okay. Uh, no. And that rivalry is, is a little bit like what, what Chris is talking about a little bit where, you know, one team dominates in basketball, one team dominates in football. And, you know, they have their little up moments here and there, um, you know, but they don't. And, and actually for a while, not too recently, but um, Cal and Stanford, um, football and basketball. I've been to some of those football games and and it's uh, what's great about that, Sean, which you would be like a pig in slop in the Bay Area, is it's very also kind of class driven of Stanford being this elite, you know, uh, almost Ivy league school, whatever. And Cal being the working man's Ivy league school. And, you know, you would love that you, you know, uh, you, you should probably apply for a job in San Francisco. I don't, I don't know. You might be a little too woke for San Francisco, but, uh, you should think about it. Yeah. Whenever I'm in Berkeley, that's what I think about is the working man. Come on, man. Jesus. <laughs> I think it was, I think AJ Hinch said that because obviously Stanford grad said that the players joked with him last year that there's wine and cheese at the Stanford tailgates. <laughs> there, okay, okay. I will seriously, I went to, they call it the big game. I went to it at Stanford. This is 20 plus years ago when uh, I'm not quite sure if you were an embryo for me, yeah. yet, Chris, but a little bit past uh, that. A little bit there, past that. Yeah. A little past that. And there's a little like trail that you take up into Stanford Stadium, and there were literally people sitting on that trail with picnic baskets, eating wine and cheese and probably some other things. It would have been sparkling uh, cider or whatever it is now if they had it now, but uh, if they had it then. But it was literally that. I, I was like, I can't believe that this is exactly fitting the cliche. But but it was fa it was a fabulous rivalry. It still is. It's a great stadium. Um, Stanford's really underrated for, for their fan base. Um, they tend to be a little quiet. And also, by the way, A.J. Hench, great baseball program for a long time and yeah my my alma mater uh we had a really pretty good rivalry with them even though we weren't in the same conference uh cal state fullerton but they kind of owned us until we we ended aj hinch's career in the college world series in 1995 so i'll be able to always lord that over aj hinch if i ever uh ever talk to him about it well chris you, you should i mean obviously you know about the the way Michigan looks at Michigan State and vice versa. I mean, there's obviously, I don't want to say class, but there, yeah, there is. There's larger societal stuff that goes on with this rivalry, and I think that's true for a lot of rivalries. Yeah. 
with Duke, with Duke and North Carolina, I mean, obviously Duke is Duke, but Carolina is kind of like Michigan in terms of the, the quality of public school it is. So maybe Duke looks down on Carolina a little bit, but the, the, that gap is not that it's, boy, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. It's not, Mich- it's not Michigan, Michigan state, at least in terms of perception. I'm not saying that's how the schools yeah. are. Michigan state's a really good school, obviously. But uh, I mean, that's part of what makes this so fun around here too, right? Fun is okay. Fun subject- subjectively <laughs> at points. It could be fun. I mean, that, uh, to be honest, I that's, that's the stuff that I, I, I could get into, but I just can't give myself the headache. I, 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 I got too much of a focus on sports, but I, I look in terms of perception nationally, you're, yeah, I mean, you're, you're completely right. And I, I do think, I, I think probably within the last decade or so, be, as the rivalry's grown in both football and basketball, I do think um, that's changed a little bit. And people's eyes have been opened, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you're correct. Well, Chris, uh, look, I know you, um, you don't have a, a whole lot of time here. And before we let you go, we want to get into some Tiger talk. Now that we got the most important stuff out of the way, the rivalry, of course. Yeah. But uh, so, so were you, you weren't surprised, I assume, that Spencer Torkelson made the team and it looks like Riley Green probably would have made the team if he hadn't gotten injured. And then also speak a little bit about the, the trade for Austin Meadows, uh, the outfielder, in lieu of Riley Green getting injured. Uh, yeah, I mean, I – not surprised Torque made the team. Uh, not surprised that Green would have made the team. Very surprised by the Meadows deal. Um, I, uh, I, pleasantly surprised. Happy. There had been a few whispers that maybe they were reaching out to get some sort, of, you know, just a, a short-term replacement. Um, they were not crazy, I believe, about the idea of Victor Reyes for six to eight weeks being a starting outfielder uh, for this team. But uh, I did not think it would be Meadows, and I did not think it would be a one-off, one-off, you know, Meadows for for Paredes, um, one for one. I know there's a there's a, a draft pick in there, as well. But he's a really good player. He's a good hitter. This is a guy with 27 home runs and over 100 RBIs last year. Would have led the Tigers in both categories. He's a guy you can put in the middle of your lineup. I think it says a lot about multiple players. Obviously, the first one I brought up is that they're not a ton of confidence with uh, Victor Reyes being an everyday guy for two months. But I also think, and as much as the fans love this guy, and I love this guy, and I think he's going to grow into a major league player, I do believe that there are still some concerns, uh, at least for this season, about whether or not Akil Badu can be 130, 140 a game, a guy who can face both righties and lefties uh, on a consistent basis. And the one thing it adds more than anything, regardless of how good he is, is then it's something this, uh, at least at the major league level, this team has not had lately, depth. I mean, when Green comes back, all of a sudden you're looking at a, a, a five-man outfield, essentially, with guys who, on, on their best day, can start. You know, Badu is a guy who could start. Green will be a guy who could start. And you can work around and do something similar to kind of, I think, what AJ has in mind is what the Dodgers do. I mean, they platoon guys all the time. They have guys who will play different positions in the infield, the outfield. The AJ loves the versatility, and it's something that uh, they tried to find last year with certain players and did have it in some capacity, but... Um, I think it's really appealing, the idea of adding that depth. And beyond that, look, you, you look at the analytics age that we're living in, home runs win ball games, on-base percentages win ball games, um, you know, creating runs wins games. This is a guy in Austin Meadows who's capable of doing all of that. And regardless of the fact that he's he's grades out to be a subpar defender, um, they're a better defensive team than they were uh, at this point a year ago, substantially. So I think he's going to add a lot to the baseball team. Very surprising move. Um, it seemed like the kind of move that it really, I, I, I tweeted this. It's it almost felt Dombrowski era esque in the sense that Dombrowski would make those moves either before the season or during the season where you'd have to 
you know, you, you'd have to wipe stuff out of your eyes and be like, wait, that did that actually happen? Not to say that he's going to have the impact of, you know, <laughs> a, a Doug Fister or a David Price. But I think for us to be for us to be this close to the season and to trade for a player of his caliber, um, it says a lot about how they feel about the current roster. And it it, it should excite a lot of Tigers fans. Oh, real quickly, Carl, sorry. That, that's what I wrote today, Chris, in fact. And I mentioned Doug Fister. Yeah, David Price, no. Miguel Cabrera, no. Max Scherzer, no. But um, but Doug Fister, I mean, if Meadows becomes the equivalent hitter to what Fister was as a pitcher, right? And and it absolutely reminds you of the Dombrowski era. We went through this over and over and over. It's funny because a lot of fans would him and Hall about getting rid of the future and trading away picks, but they stayed relevant on and off for eight right. years. I, I, Most, I yeah. mostly mostly on. I, I really, I to me, when you're in win now mode, I could care less about prospects. Like with with maybe one or two exceptions, like. You know, I'm not I'm not trading Green or Torkelson, but the one thing, and somebody brought this up, the one thing that is true is Dombrowski probably would have traded a Green or a Torkelson for somebody like a Meadows. You know, like he he had no, uh, you know, he had no regard for the farm system when it came to winning, which made made things fun at the major league level. And, and I I still believe Isaac Paredes is going to fit in fine with the Rays, but um, to me at this point, considering where both those teams are at, both the Rays and the Tigers are at, I, I view it as a steal at this point. Yeah, it's a steal until Isak Paredes becomes an all-star right. agency writer or rookie of the yeah. year or whatever. Of course, that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed because I really liked um, Paredes's uh, approach. You know, at the plate, he's just such a professional hitter. Just his balls haven't found grass. I mean, that's they've liked everything about him, but he just hasn't like produced at the plate. Um, and you just know that the that the Rays are going to get that out of him. They're just going to work with him, and it's going to happen. You know, but. You know what? I mean, you can't you can't look back at this. I think it's the right move at the right time, and I think like a lot of people, I was disappointed that Riley Re- Riley Green got hurt because I think he was going to be just a fantastic player to watch. A lot more to me, more exciting than Torkelson. I think Torkelson's a very good player, a good prospect, a good you know guy in addition. Um, I hope he handles the whole pressure of playing at first and replacing Miguel Cabrera as much as they're trying to sort of play that down of handing the torch or whatever. Um, but I think there's going to be pressure on him that's that's a little bit different. And Riley Green's just looked, he just looked smooth out there in the outfield and a natural defender, um, really good at the plate. I think he's he was going to be kind of that exciting, I don't want to say Mike Trout, but Mike Trout-esque kind of guy that you just love to watch out there. And like you said, when he comes back, that's going to be a good problem to have with, you know, and he's also going to, I mean, that, as you, I think you mentioned it, Chris, the defense and the outfield is going to be a little bit concerning. And they wanted to improve their defense up the middle. And now with Akil Badu up in the middle, that hurts a little bit more until Riley Green gets back. But, um, but when he gets back, it should be, it'll be a little bit of a different team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm with you on Green, by the way. I think that, um, Torkelson, maybe as a, you know, as a power hitter, uh, will probably have a, a better career than green but i i think in what ter- in in the age of wins above replacement um green is going to be a guy who's going to put up a seven war at some point uh during his career i mean i think he'll be that valuable to this team going forward and obviously difficult break with the injury but by all accounts this is not some it's not some long-term lingering thing that they're gonna have to worry about for a long time you know he'll, he'll fix it he'll fix himself he'll come back he'll rehab uh and he'll be he'll be where he was i'm, I'm confident with that Hey Chris, before before we let you go, I want to obviously you're working for for Barstool Sports, creating the content. Mm-hmm. I, I think there, I think I got it right. Um, yeah, <laughs> but before you got to Barstool, <laughs> Barstool, you made your you kind of made your name and and found your way a little bit just 
putting out your thoughts through tweets and, and making videos and with a really strong point of view and not being afraid of saying where your allegiances were. And, and obviously there's, I mean, th- th- we're shifting that way in sports, but what, where did that come from and what, what gave you the kind of the, the gumption? Because it's, it's pretty admirable the way you've, you've found your way that way. Well, I mean, I think that <laughs> a lot of it comes from this insatiable need to want to be liked. And so you put, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's how, that's how my content works. I, but really beyond that, I think growing up watching t- people on TV, watching ESPN, you know, uh, reading columnists, the, the one thing I always, I could never stand was that was when somebody refused to admit when they were wrong or when somebody refused to admit that they were being deceitful with uh, what they were saying. And so I, I, think I make no bones about the fact that I am a fan. I will always be a fan. I'm a fan of my teams, but I also kind of abide by the principle of like, if, if my team does something that really annoys me, um, I'm going to be vocal about it. And that's really where the, where the, the, you know, the traction kind of came from with the tigers is that, and I picked a hell of a time to start doing this because the first year I started making the videos was 2017. They were awful. Like I could have picked any other year in the 10 prior years and then decided, until they get until they had the worst record in baseball. And so I mean I I went through the heart of the rebuild era. I mean we're talking 162 videos during a 114 lost season. That's not, you know, not exactly prime hours uh when we're talking about one of the worst baseball teams I've ever seen. And so I think that you know it was just I I I enjoy creating content. I enjoy putting my opinions out there. And I think that early on in life even before creating content when I, I was lucky enough to have a lot of people who are like, man, I think you're good at this. I think what you, I think your opinions uh, are pretty important. I think that you do your research and you're prepared. And the important thing with me, and it's something that I've gone through, not just with content, but just in life is like, just grow, like change, evolve, you know, be different with your content. I mean, I, there's videos I made for, I was still in college. I look back on it. I'm like, dude, what were you thinking? Like, not, not, regardless of just like that opinion was wrong, just like the, the way you conduct yourself. Because everyone, everyone's brash and young and think, you know, has a way bigger view of themselves when they're in their early days of college than they do, you know, uh, when they officially enter adulthood. So, you know, it's something I, I, I have always loved doing. Uh, it's something I've enjoyed doing more since Barstool because you, you connect with so many people and you get to meet so many people that you didn't think you'd meet and talk to people and, um, you know, knowing that your opinion uh, matters out there and, and that people respect it, it's it's really an incredible thing, because as somebody who started doing this, you know, right before he left, you know, college, I mean, it, so much has changed. Um, but it's humbling to know that you know, uh, the, so much of the support has, has remained the same. Well, Chris, that's that's why Sean has not written about the Tigers since 2017. He's finally back on the bandwagon now that they're I don't blame I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I go where my was, editor sends me. This is the thing. Oh yeah, sure you do. No, there's a yeah. No, there's some truth to that. No, that's it's uh, plus it's baseball, Carlos. Come on. No, I look. I've told you before. I I grew up with baseball. I I, I love baseball. You know, it just uh, this the. You love every sport that you don't love. You always pretend. I love you know high lie. No, you don't. Until you write about it, and like, was, you have to uh, pretend I was you love it. Second beat guy there for a while with the Tigers. You know, he was around them all the time. It was the same with the Wings fifteen years ago. You know this, mm. Carlos. You know this, Carlos. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not going to apologize. I'm sorry. Red Wings, Red Wings fan, super fan, Sean Windsor. I'm sorry. I apologize. Basketball is the most beautiful sport on earth. That's just that's, that's just how it is. In any case, listen, uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'd love to have you on again if, you, if you're if you up for it. We we need, uh, you know, we, we need energy. I mean, sometimes Carlos brings it. 
I never bring it, but uh, but occasionally Carl brings <laughs> it. And that's not that's not reliable enough. So yeah, we'd love to have you back. Of course. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll be in touch for All sure. Right. Thanks, Chris. Uh, we will be right back with Lindsey Green, our food critic, to talk about uh, a couple of spots in Detroit. My name is Kerry Jr. The second. I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit Free Press and now the host of Freep's new weekly podcast, On the Line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts, and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Gross Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, we were just arguing about whether you get service on a flight and should you buy your water at an airport or should you just wait for the for the free water in the plane to save the company money because Carlos, of course, is a company man and would never spend a few bucks to to keep uh, dehydrated at 35,000, 32, 33,000 feet. Would you, Carlos? No, I don't. I, uh, you know, Gannett, USA Today, uh, Network, and the Free Press are, you know, it's all about them, Sean. It's not about me. I'm a team player. Uh, you know, I also have to, we have to save the money, the company money, so you can get your, you know, your fancy, you know, cocktails on the plane on your first class flight. So I understand. I understand where the pecking order is, and, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm glad you're okay with it. Uh, maybe one of these days when you want to go out of the world, I'll give you a few tips about how to travel. Yeah, I would appreciate that, although the expense account just isn't... It, it, there's two different worlds, Sean, let's just admit it. I mean, you got back from, what, three weeks in Florida on a vacate or beat-writing vacation covering the Tigers? <laughs> no, I was gone almost on and off almost a month, to be honest. But it wasn't just Florida. It was Texas, Indianapolis, South Greenville, South Carolina. Ate at a meet and three, um, you know, which uh, I think is a good thing to talk about. I, I, I had some broccoli casserole. I'd be curious to think whether our next guest thinks of that. She likes that sort of thing. You know, the, the meet and threes, I still miss them these days. You find them all over the South. In any case, we want to welcome in Lindsey Green, our uh, fabulous food. Can we say new, Carlos? Can we still say new? Or, or... No, she's a veteran now. It's her second okay. year on, on the beat. Okay, okay. How about that? The, the free, free Press food writer, food critic, restaurant critic, uh, wears lots of hats. Welcome back to the show, Lindsey. It's uh, good to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So what have you got for us today? I know Carlos uh, sent me a text earlier saying he had you, you were had a couple of secret new spots you wanted to uh, talk to us about. Maybe they're new, but, you know, spots you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I don't know if they're secret. <laughs> it's definitely pretty, pretty popular spots, but... Uh, That's just Carlos. Right. <laughs> new to you, Carlos. That's just Carlos hyping it up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I know that we're talking about opening day and, and obviously people are excited about that. So just thinking about, um, spots that are, that are close to Comerica Park. Um, and one of the spots that just instantly came to mind for me was Union Assembly 
you know, I think a lot of people know Union Assembly um, for obviously the M&M, <laughs> M&M tie-in with Mom Spaghetti right there. But what Union Assembly is doing is really cool. It's a really cool space, um, really just beautifully designed. That's for me, that's always <laughs> that's always the draw. Um, well, yeah, the heck with the, the food, food obviously. Right? <laughs> it's just a cool place. I just like, you know, I love the energy there. And it's, um, yeah, like I said, just really, really just a cool place to be inside of. So they've got some cool things going on and um, they'll be open, you know, as early as 8 a.m., which is kind of nice. So, you know, you can go, you can grab a drink, you can grab something to eat before the game. You can end up there after the game. You know, you can kind of just like spend the whole day there. So um, that's a good one. They're, they're, they've been doing these really cool um, Detroit style pizzas and um, but they have them in like really cool flavors. Like I know they have a um, uh, like a Coney topping pizza which is kind of cool it's that like you know through and through Detroit situation which is kind of fun um but they've got lots of options and and I think that's a that's a cool one have you guys been there no I have not I I have not have you haven't been there no I have not (laughs) Sean it's the one place you haven't been downtown come on man no if I if I want atmosphere I'll go to a bar otherwise I'm worried about the food (laughs) no I'm kidding I'm kidding I have not been there either and I and it's it's uh it's one of the many places that I've wanted to go to. Um, let me ask you just real quick, Lindsay. Have you had I I, I when the mom spaghetti thing opened, and I know it's not Union Assembly per se, but is it is is twelve dollar spaghetti whatever it is? Is it worth it? I I I can't. I tried to look up what people were saying. Like yeah, it's good. It's I, have you had it? Where do you land on it? You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I think. I think it's worth trying say it, once. Say it. Get it right? out, Lindsay. I Come think on. That... <laughs> I, just, I mean, I believe in trying everything once. And I think that especially for me, you know, eating is what I do for a living. So I have to, you know, I have to at least try it. Personally, I'm not, that's not where I'm going for my spaghetti. You know, I, I'm, I, <laughs> there are many other places where you can get a great, you know, spaghetti dish from and that's not one and I'm also not really interested in waiting in the line personally you know it's so popular and 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 people are obviously it's an attraction at this point um so try it once yes uh for me I'm I'm gonna get my normal spaghetti dinner elsewhere for a more <laughs> but is it, but okay <laughs> I, I certainly understand the quality of spaghetti but 12 bucks for spaghetti is not bad right if you go to if you go to an Italian restaurant yeah, and get a plate of spaghetti, you're gonna spend twenty bucks at least. Yeah, but you're also probably gonna get, you know, I could probably eat it for the next couple of days, personally. I mean, if you're eating I at mean, Applebee's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean they're, they're size portions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of you know normal Italian restaurants I find are giving you huge portions, at least for me. They are. They are. They are. I, I have a, a confession. So I made spaghetti and meatballs two nights ago, and I hadn't made it in a long time. The ingredients, now partly it was where I shop for it because out of convenience for, for that particular night, but the ingredients to, for everything, including, you know, a salad and, um, and you know, a, a French loaf to make some garlic bread, was probably $65, $70. So that's groceries to cook. However, <clears throat> you can you can eat for three different meals. So you divide it up that way. But I... I know I would. It just made me think of that because I think Carl's idea of twelve dollars spaghetti being outrageous. It's 
you know, it's it's just not a cheap dish. Well, nothing's cheap anymore. But yeah. wait, I, wait, wait! You spent seventy dollars on ingredients for spaghetti and meatballs, yeah, and garlic bread and salad. Is this like ground up bald eagle breast or something? Or what? What? What could you possibly spend so much money on? Well, if you want good parmesan, that's expensive. You know, if you want oh meat, God. if you want ground meats that aren't full of all kinds of stuff, hormones and all that, it's not cheap. You know, to make the meatballs. Did you like? Did you fly to Italy and have them? Gr- oh, like, if you want decent pasta, you? if you want a, if Holy. you want a pound of decent dried imported pasta, if you want San Marzano tomatoes, I mean, I'm just saying. There we go. There we go. San Marzano. I knew it. Okay. But if you if yep, you say yep. it feeds three people, which it did at three different points in the week. Then, then what's the breakdown, right? Then it's seven, eight bucks a meal. So then you're okay. Did you, did you buy it yourself, or did your butler go to Whole Foods and get all no, the stuff? No, I you? wouldn't. I don't do it at Whole Foods. Um, mm. Yeah, Whole Foods okay. is, you know, yeah. I mean, Whole Foods is fine, but no. In any case, we're we're getting away from. We got Lindsay in here. Why are we talking about my spaghetti and meatballs? That's my fault. So what's the what's 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 the other spot? I guess the, down near Comerica Park. All right, so another one we got is Saucy Brew Works, which is another cool spot. I find it really cool because they've got a coffee shop in the front. So for me, it's like, again, another place where you can go and you can have a coffee early and go back and have some drinks later. They've got, you know, great food as well. And they've got specials for opening day, which is kind of cool. They've got drink specials. So I think it's something like, um, uh, actually, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know that they've got a whole special menu going on for for opening day. So I think that's a cool one. And it's so close to the stadium that, you know, you can kind of just walk over. I think it's supposed to be raining, which is unfortunate, but <laughs> it's so close that you can kind of just stumble over there. And they've got games in there, which is pretty cool. I imagine it's going to be packed. So it'll be, you know, a fun time. But that's another good one that I that I like. OK, let me get this straight. The first place, it's the atmosphere. The second place, it's the coffee out front. Then the drinks. <laughs> then the games. I'm, 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 I'm curious about the food <laughs> at some point, other than the fact that you don't want to, you know, wait in a long line to get celebrity spaghetti. <laughs> well, the food is obvious. You know that you're going there for the food, so you can obviously get like you can get the conies, you can get the pizza. You know, that's there. I think it's pretty, you know, standard stuff. <laughs> there you go, Carl's. Okay, I have I have two questions for Lindsay. One, is this a real coffee shop or is it like a fake one like at Shelby, like the speakeasy like front? <laughs> no, it's a real coffee shop. It's uh when you enter, they've got their, you know, coffee in the front and you can just walk through and and the bar and the uh the the food is is behind it. My other question is, and I think I know the answer to it is, have you been to opening day for Tigers? You know, I have to admit, I have not. I've been around I've been in the area, but I actually have not been to opening day. I I knew the answer. I knew the answer because you were a little surprised that it was going to rain on opening <laughs> day. It's usually snowing on opening day, so <laughs> rain that. is a welcome change. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that people are not surprised by any means. Yeah, so it's 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 a it's a crazy scene. I know one of my favorite things from opening day. This is years ago. Is when Jim Schaefer wrote. <laughs> His little sort of travel log, walking around around the stadium on the outside, basically stepping over drunk people a lot of the time because they were passed out after drinking since eight, eight or nine a.m. or whatever it was. So um, <laughs> it's it's quite the scene. You should you should experience it at least once. Okay, I'll check it out this time. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you, Lindsay, if I may. Now that we've now that we've done the okay, where do we go? 
we've done the free press thing. Where do we go? It's close to America. We're helping people out. And that's great. I would like to know where you've had a couple of great bites in the, uh, in the last month or so, since the last time we talked to you. Yeah. Hmm, there's been a lot. Let's see. Well, one that I have actually been saving to talk to you guys about. Oh, finally. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> It's um, super crisp. So you guys know Ema in mm-hmm. Corktown, and actually they have a couple locations now, but um, they opened super crisp, which is kind of this burger. It's kind of a burger joint. Um, but I had a really, really delicious, um, surprising just like side there. It's um, what are they called? They're called their it's their fries. And I'm drawing a blank on the name of their fries right now, but they, it basically tastes like, you know, Ima is, is, um, um, Japanese. Japanese. So you know that they have the yeah Asian flavors. And so the fries actually taste like almost like a, like a sushi roll. It has like shaved, um, garlic. What's that? Do they have bonito flakes on them? No, I don't think that they do, but they have like shaved um, uh, fresh uh, ginger on it. I believe there are like sesame seed. It just is, it's it's a weird, um, it's a weird feeling because it's kind of like you're eating fries, but you feel like, again, you're eating a sushi roll. It's so flavorful, delicious. That was the best thing that I had there. I thought it was so cool. Um and what's another one that I've had? So this one is actually kind of far out. Um, they're in, where is this? This is in, I want to say Riverview. It's called Fat Daddies. And so they're known for their like fried chicken sandwiches and just just these really uh, indulgent, <laughs> indulgent dishes there. Um, I had a, a fried chicken sandwich that was on a, on a donut, on a glazed donut as the bun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> really? you, you, had, you had Sean at donut. It's, you're good now. <laughs> I felt really guilty for it, but it was really delicious. But they had the most amazing um, hush puppies there. I was so surprised by that. Um, they, it, they were just delicious. They were just like perfectly crisp, oh, but also mm. like perfectly gritty, not too crummy. It just was so good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, I, I'm happy it's kind of far from where I'm at because it'd be dangerous. And this is Fat Fat Daddies? <laughs> fat Daddies, yeah. Fat daddies. And, and where is it exactly? So they're in, I believe it's River, is it River View? Is that right? Uh, yeah, River View. Yeah, I, I will go there for some hush puppies. It's hard. It's hard to find good hush puppies, especially up it's here. It's so true. It's so true. And they just opened a second location. I'm trying to remember where that second location is. I'll let you know as soon as I remember. Um, but yeah, it's it's delicious. That sounds great, Lindsay. I, I um, I thought of you because I was in. As Carlos mentioned, I was in <clears throat> on the road for a lot of the last month, and I was in Florida for spring training. And I was, I don't remember where, oh, I was in Clearwater, somewhere over on the other side of Tampa, on the west side of Tampa, and had to come back to Lakeland where the Tigers are based, which is maybe an hour east. And that night I was staying in a little town called Plant City, which is kind of near Lakeland. It's just, it's not a tourist area at all. And I went to this El Salvadoran place, but it was not just a regular El Salvadoran place. It was a little shack. It was a Hawaiian El Salvadoran mashup. So... They had like they had pupusas and then might have then mango on top about on top of it, then was sprinkled with like ground up hot Cheetos, 
Oh. It was just the, it was this it was the most unusual mix of like American convenience store food, Hawaiian uh, porks and fruits, and then the El Salvadoran family that was running. They just combined all this stuff, and the menu was all photos, you know, bright colored photos, and the whole place was done in these these uh, this pink and, and aqua blue, and it, it was just an amazing little place, little thatch roof. And I thought about you. I thought, you know, would 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 you enjoy something like that? Totally. It sounds like something I would enjoy and I want to know where that is. I yeah. um, I don't know if you guys saw the review that I did on the Salvadoran restaurant in Southwest. Did you get a chance to see that? I, I, I saw that. It's partly what made me think of it. Yeah. <laughs> they. I just love pupusas. I love, you know, I love like Latin flavors. So I'm, I'm all about it. That sounds interesting. I'd be interested to try that. Should we explain to Carlos what a pupusa is? <laughs> I don't care for them. I have to. Admit. You don't care. Really? I've, I I have El Salvador. Too much. Uh, too much flavor. Uh, I'm I'm just a gordita guy. I'm not a pupusa guy. That's that's how I'm built. Really? So you so you yeah. so you're a sandwich guy. I'm a sandwich guy. And by the way, speaking of sandwiches and Ima, um, we had we had our Pistons beat writer Omari Sankofa on. And uh, a couple episodes ago, and he talked, he talked about the spicy chicken sandwich at Ima. And I didn't even know that they would do a spicy chicken sandwich. And I had it, and it was fantastic. Did you love it? I was so – a noodle place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to – and by the way, I just want to look at – I was telling you, I'm looking at the website for fatdaddyschicken.com, yeah. uh, and it says – it's called a sweet chick. Yes. And yep. so this is, this is the description, which already makes you want to eat it. Jumbo boneless chicken drizzled with honey butter or sweet ranch sauce served on a glazed donut. Pickles or peppers optional. Yep. It's just, it's just, you just want to eat that just from the description. Um, and they do all kinds of sandwiches on there, chicken sandwiches. And so, Sean, we need to try it out. I mean, Lindsay's, Lindsay's. No, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I just go want wrong. the hush puppies. And, uh, and I can't believe you don't like papooses. Yeah. Right. Come on, man. <laughs> well, because. Because just, it's clo- uh, because it's closed. It's there's an enclosure. There's you. It's not a sandwich. You have to see what you're gonna eat, like a little six the, year old. It's the it's it's a ripoff of the Mexican gordita. What do the you gordita want? Gordita is a it's sandwich. Not, it's, it's more like a it's more like an empanada <laughs> or a, a turnover. You know, you'll eat a McDonald's turnover turnover, right? By the way, you you called me out in your column the other day because I likened the pastry at Comerica Park, the apple <laughs> uh, pasty. I guess they're calling it right. <laughs> Which is sort of a pastry yes. to uh, a McDonald's turnover, but uh, an Apple McDonald's turnover in the seventies and eighties was pretty good. It's still yeah. pretty good. It's just not as good as the the apple the apple pie pasty. You want a you want America. a curry favor, you know whatever. It all comes from Cisco. <laughs> By the way, I am excited. This is I'm going to lowbrow this, you know, um, but I'm very excited that McDonald's has brought back the Rick and Morty's Szechuan sauce, but you have to get the stupid app to order it, and it's 50 cents per little, like, order. But I've been very excited to try to, because I've been waiting years to try it since that stupid Rick and Morty episode came out. Szechuan sauce, what are you going to, you going to put that on a chicken nugget? Of course. You know what? Don't sleep on the McDonald's chicken nuggets, okay? They've gotten through, gotten me through many road trips when they say, no, Carlos, you can't fly. You've got to drive because Sean's flying. I've driven through a lot of McDonald's drive throughs eating chicken nuggets, and they're just fine, Sean. Lindsay, where, where do you fall on chicken nuggets? You know, <laughs> I actually have to admit, though, I'm not mad at the McDonald's chicken nuggets. No, I'm not either. I think I... it's just a little bit of nostalgia or something. It, but it is. I'm- 
once in a while. Yeah, I might give it. I'm with you. F- Filet of fish is in the McRib are my favorites at McDonald's. You know, I was going you know, to say that wife... fish is actually one of mine, and I feel embarrassed to oh, yeah. say it. But... Me too, but I, I love it. <laughs> I tell my wife, because, you know, McDonald's is always trying to do all these different menu items and whatever, and every once in a while she'll say, I'll try a, you know, if we have to get McDonald's, I'll do a grilled something or a salad. Like, listen, McDonald's does like five things well. Order one of those five things because you're going to be disappointed if you try it. Some fancy pants, whatever. Sean Windsor, you know, whatever. I just talked about the fillet of fish. So. What are you talking about? <laughs> I I know you're just you're trying to be a man of the people, but oh. you know we we know where you're shopping. You know you're eating you're you're having buying San Marzano tomatoes from whatever's better than Whole Foods. I don't no, know. No, it's just a, it's a it's a canned tomato. They're just really good tomatoes. Good, good flavor. That's all. In any case, well, I appreciate that, Carlos. Lindsay, it's uh, it's great to have you back. Um, we'd look forward to having you on. Uh, what? few more weeks yeah that'd be all right yeah okay and uh and next time you know that's great that you want to do the corporate thing i'm sure Anjanette delgado who makes this podcast possible (laughs) appreciates that you know and peter and all those other folks but uh yeah no i i just like finding out about hush puppies and fat daddies (laughs) and uh and fries with ginger and fries with ginger and I was just looking them up. So they're called the Oki fries. The so Oki you guys fries. have to try them. Okay. They've got chili and lime salt on top. I talked about the ginger scallions. They do have nori. Is that what you asked? Yes. Uh, well, uh, I was Sean, asking yeah. about the bonito, but yeah, nori's. Yeah, the seaweed. Nori's, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so good. I was just, it was kind of like a, I can't curse. It was kind of like a. No, you can curse. Anjanette loves <laughs> my, it when you curse. <laughs> If you close your eyes, you just don't really realize you're eating fries, which is kind of cool. Well, uh, so by the way, they have Fat Daddies. It says on their website, Riverview, Redford, Redford yep. and the MGM Casino, too. Yep, yep, yep. I'm happy to see them expanding because, uh, like I said, it's a little far for me, but uh, it's really, really good stuff. Well, check out uh, check out Fat Daddies, the Hush Puppies, the Chicken Sandwich on, on the donut, I guess, and... Uh, Check out Super Crisp. These are two of Lindsay's and the fries there, the Oki Oki fries. Oki fries, yeah. Oki fries, either two of the best bites she's had, which means they're two of the best bites you will have. If you must, you know, go get the coffee at uh, the places downtown. <laughs> I don't even remember that. And for the atmosphere and all that. And that's fine. Opening day be great. In any case, thanks again, Lindsay, for joining us. We look forward to having you on soon. And uh, we will be right back so Carlos can talk about his favorite thing, which I'm sure has to do with eating a sandwich. Thank you guys. Hello, I'm Phil friend, the host and producer of Spartan speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit free press and Lansing state journal, focusing on Michigan state sports. Each week I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer, Chris Laurie and LSJ sports columnist, Graham couch. As we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing, not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, it's uh, it's that time of the show where you tell us your favorite thing. Um, and you steal it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I have too many mm-hmm. favorite things to have one favorite thing. Are, are you ever going to go first on my favorite thing? Uh, if you want me to. Do you want me to? Maybe, maybe this is the week, yeah. You sure? Yeah, please. Okay. Please do. Age before beauty, let's do it. Yeah. In any case, well, look, I I don't really have a traditional favorite thing. I just want to I, I want to talk about I want to talk <laughs> about Tad Davis, who makes uh you know the, who produces this this podcast because Carlos, we're not doing this without Tad. Obviously, and we say that every week. We say it with a smile on our face, like we're sort of joking, but we're really not. We're uh, we're sincere and we're serious, and um, because Tad is uh, I, you know I don't know how much. I don't know. I don't know where we would be without him. Do you, Carlos? We'd be yelling into like uh, you know tin cups attached to wire or string or something. We wouldn't know what to do, Sean. We wouldn't, would we? In any case, how long? How long have we been doing this podcast? Two or three been, years. It's been, it's, it feels like four, it feels like ten years. Tad, Tad yeah, was in high school. Tad probably feels started, like it's twenty, right? And yeah. uh, we've been trying to get to, to Tad to talk. That would be my real favorite thing is if we could actually get him to say <laughs> hello to this audience, right? Ted, are we allowed to say certain things yet? Can you nod one way or the other? Yes. Okay, okay. He's saying yes. So Tad is uh, leaving us, you know, which uh, is not my favorite thing. I don't know if it's your favorite thing, Carlos. But, no, he's uh, he's uh, he's too good for the free press. That's what he told me, and I and I don't blame him. I don't know if he told he told Peter that. <laughs> You know, I don't know what his father would think of that. I mean, I don't know that he raised him that way to to say things like that. But uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, we've been lucky to have him. Uh, we're going to really miss him. The free press is going to really, really miss him. You and I are going to miss him, Carlos. Um, you know, selfishly, obviously, for what he does for us, but just what he what he just brings to the the, the podcast and uh, the energy and the the technology and just the the, the voice and the he just the way he's worked, Carlos. I mean, again, not just for us, but for the free press. Uh, this is how it goes in this business, though, right? You find somebody, you stumble across somebody that that uh, is really, really good, and um, unfortunately, also young. So you know, you're not gonna you, you're gonna have them for a little bit. It's like a shooting star. You watch it for a night, and there it goes. And and that's what's going on with Tad. So I just wanted to, to thank Tad. Um, uh, hopefully, Tad's father, Todd, is listening to this uh, because we uh, have been grateful to have your boy here. For the last uh, year plus, or however long this has been, and we're really going to miss him. So that's my favorite thing, Carlos. Yes, it's. Uh, I wish you know you finally had a good favorite thing, and you and then you should have gone last on this one. Uh, Why didn't you tell me you had a good a point. one? <laughs> oh my god! No, uh, it's no, all about I'm not. I just no. I just thought you know. I know. I know that would be a. Why don't you ad lib though and make this your favorite thing too? And you can tell us about some movie you watch with your wife. Sean, I second everything you said. Yes, this is my favorite. Tad is my favorite thing too. No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna miss him dearly. Um, I think he's tricked somebody into replacing him who, you know, I hear is pretty good too. So we'll, we'll see how that plays you, you out. You want to say uh, his name or but, is that, or is that temporary? He's on probation, so we can't say his name yet. Is it, is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we should, we should say oh, it. Go ahead. We should say it. Andrew Hammond, Andrew Hammond, right? Our, 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 one of our new talented assistant sports editors, assistant sports editor. Is that right? Andrew? Yes. Yes. Is that good? <laughs> okay. And. Bracketologist. I met Andrew pumped out the March Madness 
bracketology. He's the bracketologist you wish I was, Sean. Every time you were hammering me about like, oh, we're, can can the Big Ten get a twelfth seat, a twelfth you know bid in there? Um, Andrew would have had the answer for that. So maybe he's actually going to talk to us once in a while. Uh, Tad was too good for that. No, Tad was Andrew too good. I, he he pretended he was shy, but it was really elitism. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, my my favorite thing was um, actually. It was last week at the you were there, Sean, at the food tasting at the new stuff uh, unveiling at Comerica Park that they do every year, but they had to put a pause on it for the last two years because of COVID, and it was just so fun to be around. It's one of my favorite events on the sports calendar. You get to try food, you get to see people, you get to talk to them. Um, you actually came to the event, I, mostly because it was free food. No, I came to came support to you we, and uh... to support me. Um, and to have free food. I didn't and, even and hardly they, eat, they, they to be honest drinks, with you. Too. No, I came to support you, but oh, that's okay. Come on. Yeah, right, right. And the food was great. Um, so it was something I'd really missed, and I had I'd looked forward to it. Um, so it was good. And I... You know, I'm looking forward to getting back to the to the ballpark, to Comerica. I'm a baseball guy. I like I like the the whole thing about the game. I don't complain about the slowness of the game like some people, like crusty columnists at the Free Press do. So um, it's all part of it, and um, it, it just gave me a, a certain sense of excitement and a little bit of nostalgia for gathering with people because we haven't been able to get together with people enough in our work environments, and even though. We don't necessarily work with everybody, you know, at the Tigers. Seeing the people you've known for so long and uh, saying hello and reconnecting has always been is always a, a great thing, but something I've appreciated a lot more in the recent uh, recent times. Well, that's really nice, uh, Carlos. I sometimes don't know what to do with your, you know, when you're being nice and sincere, which it sort of sounds like you're being sincere. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll take it at face value, you know. I, I think our, our readers and uh, listeners are are starting to get used to this new Carlos. Um I think they had a little bit of whiplash there for a while. They weren't sure what was what was going on, but I feel like they're starting to get used to this. What do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I hope so. I, I agree. That's uh, that's really sweet, and it was nice to see you down there. And uh, and we're gonna miss Ted. Can we can we get Ted to at least say hi or goodbye? Can can he? No, let's not. Let's All keep right. it consistent. Be be the same. Go, go out like yeah, you came in, Ted. Be yourself. No, so. In any case, look, uh, it's been a privilege, Tad. Uh, I think I can say that uh, on behalf of Carlos too. We're lucky to have you. It's been really fun, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna welcome in Andrew. Andrew's been sitting in on this today, also very quietly. I don't know. You're right. Maybe who, maybe he'll talk a little bit. I mean, he's a Duke basketball fan. I'm not sure what to make of that. Um, <laughs> you could just hear people. Yeah, no, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll explore that. We'll explore that uh, as as we move forward. In any case, we want to thank you all for joining us uh, once again. We, uh, As we mentioned, Tad, we want to thank Tad for making this possible. We want to thank Andrew for jumping in and uh, continuing uh, to make this possible. We want to thank Anjanette Delgado. Uh, we mentioned her a couple times. We should be good there, right? Not she's, enough. Uh, Not she's enough. the uh, executive producer. Is that right, Tad? She changes her titles all the time. She's, she's executive editor of well, the Well, that, too. Press. She's a little power hungry. Is, 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 she's, that, is that... Would you would yeah. you agree? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's how many fair. titles does she need yeah. or one? I I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand this. But any without her, yeah, this wouldn't be possible. We want to thank. Uh, I mean, I think we all know that. We want to thank Kirkland Crawford, the sports editor, Peter Bati, the editor, of the the Free Press, 
And we want to thank you again for uh, giving us your time this week. If you like the show, uh, rate us. Give us, uh, give us. give us your thoughts. Tell us what you think. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts at Apple and Spotify. And, I don't know. Spotify is kind of taking over the world, right, Carl? So maybe we should flip that and say Spotify and then <laughs> Apple. I don't know. It's hard to keep up with these these uh, all these tech companies and what they're doing. That's uh, that's that's Tad's job. That's probably why he's leaving the free press because he's tired of dealing with <laughs> with uh, you know dinosaurs that don't have any idea what Spotify even is. So that's that, you know that's that's one possibility. In any case, uh, thanks again. We will see y'all next week. Like to talk that talk, but they're never gonna walk that walk. And if so, then you know, baby, it's alright. <laughs>